Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. I hate to say I told you so, but I told you yesterday was going to be one of the biggest days in all sports. And did that not live up to the hype? Hell yes, it did. On and off the hardwood. Why don't we start with the NCAA tournament? New Mexico State. Richmond. A pair of 12s over fives. An 11 over a six. A 10-7 game that was an instant classic. Devontae Adams traded. Nathan Ko, Teddy Allen. Doug Eddard. But you know whose day it was. You know who ripped that day. You know who the day belonged to. St. Peter's Day, baby. 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 Shout out to Shaheen Holloway and the Peacocks. A 15 over a 2. The mighty Peacocks just wrecked the BBN, the Big Blue Nation. And by the way, that was not just a 15 over a 2. It was so much more than that. That was a program that had never won an NCAA tournament game, beating the bluest of the Blue Bloods. Kentucky stacks championships. They had a really good look at another one this year, and instead they go one and done. John Calipari had never lost a first-round game, ever. And he just lost to a program that had never won an NCAA tournament game, ever. Did you hear what I just said? You know what that is? That is the proverbial pinch of ice cream in a bucket of diarrhea. Ice cream in that poop. No, 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 no. That is a pinch of ice cream in a bucket of poop. It's incredible. Just to appreciate exactly what Holloway and his crew did. That is regarded as one of the toughest jobs in all of Division I. Maybe the toughest job. It is a tiny school. It's smaller than a lot of high schools. It has next to no budget whatsoever. And I hate to say this about my dude, Cal. You know I hate to say this. And it's probably going to hurt me even more than it hurts him. But here is some real talk about UK. Here's some real talk about Kentucky. They were outplayed. They were outworked. They were outcoached. They were outclassed. And they were outclutched by tiny St. Peter's. They got worked on both ends of the floor and could not knock down a free throw when they had to have it. St. Peter's had the game of a lifetime, and that was an absolute nightmare for Cal, the Cats, and all BBN. So not only is that going to leave a mark, but that is going to stick to anybody and everybody who had anything to do with that forever. I mean, sure, you can always argue that the tournament is a crapshoot and that anything can happen, but not that, not that, not to Kentucky, not to Cal, and it did. And the reasons it did is because St. Peter's had absolutely no fear. Understand this. They did not fluke their way to that win. They executed their way to that win. They ran their offense to perfection. Their sets are tremendous. Their execution was smooth. And unlike UK, they were clutch as hell. You might have been surprised. Hell, we were all surprised, except for them. They weren't. Not at all. They were not overawed by the moment. The moment should have been way too big for them, but it wasn't. They were there to win, and they did. Holloway was asked if he was ever nervous, and I thought that his response was perfect. Quote, nah, for what? It's basketball. End of quote. Hell yes. Hell yes. And a big hell yes to my man, Douglas Ryan Edward. The dude from Nutley, New Jersey. The dude with the sickest facial hair in years turned in a game for the ages. There was that go-ahead three with the 125 left. Trame swing for Lee, nine to shoot. Watch by Wheeler. Eddard. Kaboom! A three! Kaboom! Eddard! The bucket to send the game to OT as well. Nadefo hands to Lee. Eddard just made the big three. The drive. Push shot! Rolls in! What a touch. I'll say what a touch. And the big man was not done. How about that enormous three in OT? Don't play the scoreboard if you're St. Peter's. Get something going towards the basket if you can find it. Enter jumper. Yes, sir! Oh, three. We're tied at 75.
scrumptious. Yes, sir. Felt like every time the Peacocks needed something, Eddard and that stash were right there. St. Peter's Day, baby. Baby. Doug Eddard makes March awesome. So does Daryl Banks III and Shaheen Holloway. They might have been unranked prospects coming out of high school. Their coach might be more famous than them, or at least before yesterday. But now they are taking their rightful places next to the other legends of March. R.J. Hunter, Ali Farouk Manesh. And if yesterday was only about St. Peter's, that would have been enough. That would have made it one of the best days ever, except for the BBN. But that would have made it one of the best days ever, but it was so much more than that. That was not enough. That was not the only upset. How about Richmond? Richmond, the 12 in the Midwest, knocking off Iowa. How many of you, how many of us had Iowa? Iowa. Oh. Iowa. Almost everybody's chic final four pick. When are we going to learn? If everybody is saying them, them, they're the ones, how do we not run the other way? How do we not know better? Iowa going to the Final Four. Then again, the guys that beat them, they were not surprised at all. They had to win four games in four days just to get to the big show. And then once they arrived, they started wrecking shop immediately. Jacob Gilliard is the prototypical player for March. Undersized, maybe, but he's every other cliche about March in one person rolled into one. Strong guard play, senior leadership, and he showed up huge yesterday. 24 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. He was asked when he realized the Spiders could hang with the Hawkeyes, and his answer also was awesome. Quote, last Thursday. Last Thursday. In other words, I knew it before our first conference tournament game. And he was right. They could. They just beat the Big Ten champs, who showed up with a future lottery pick, a ton of momentum, and a lot of people picking them as a chic Final Four team. Until they ran into this guy, Nathan K.O. Too strong off the window. Gilliard with the outlet to K.O. Can he outrun the Hawkeyes? Yes, he can. You feel the energy picking up in this building as K.O. brought the house down? Hello. I'm not sure what I like more in that game. How the Spiders were playing on the floor or how the Spiders were celebrating on that bench. The bench mob brought it time and time and time again. And K.O. gave them plenty to get hyped about coming down the stretch. Approach of the half minute. And now K.O.'s loose again. scored again. That might be the K.O. Uh-oh. K.O. with the K.O. Hey-o. And just as before, if that was all there was, thank you, Alvin. If that was it, if that's all there was, if it was just St. Peter's and Richmond, that would have been enough for a great Thursday. But there was more. There was so much more. Let me sum up yesterday. If you were favored to win and you won, man, you better hit your knees and give thanks because favorites were dropping like flies late. Look, I'm not going to sweat Gonzaga or Arkansas or anybody else who had a battle because there were plenty of good teams who had a battle and lost. This is all about surviving and advancing. Yesterday was so good that an 11 over a 6 was an afterthought because there were St. Peter's and Richmond and New Mexico State. Correction, there was Teddy Allen. Teddy Allen went legend for New Mexico State. Another 12-5 upset. He had 37 and 6 rebounds against UConn. A performance that was as dominant as you may see the entire tournament. Everything ran through this guy, and he ran through everybody and everything else. And my man's not just a walking bucket. He's a walking quote. Check this tweet from Mike Schmitz. Quote, Quick Teddy Allen story. I was at New Mexico State Davidson early in the year during a dead ball. Allen walked up to me and said, watch me all year. I'm one of them ones. I promise. 37 points in a win over UConn. Kudos, Mr. Allen. And it's tweet. Dude, that is such an amazing quote. Watch me all year. I'm one of them ones. 
Incredible. And then the quotes just kept coming after the game. I don't really feel like I'm in no zone. That's just how I play. I don't really need to feel like I'm in no zone. That's just how I play. In other words, I'm never not in the zone. I'm one of them ones. I'm walking around in life in a zone because I'm one of them ones. And not only that, that one started the game over six. And if you thought that clanking six straight to start the game on the big stage was going to get in his head, then you do not know Teddy Allen. I'm a hooper, and right now, the level I'm at, this is the biggest stage, and I mean, this will be the worst time to fold, so you got to block all the other stuff out. He is one of them ones. I'm on the biggest stage, and this would be the worst time to fold, so I'm not doing it. And he didn't. Not only did he not fold, he had huge buckets in huge moments and even took a moment to flex on everybody. Overplay by Allen. He comes up with a defensive jam on top of his offense. We've been talking about his defense. He goes all the way. Oh, my. And one. Oh, my. And he's flexing on him. He's flexing for the crowd. The New Mexico State faithful are going crazy in this building. TNT on the call. It was so great. This dude goes coast to coast. This incredible finish. Hits the ground. Gets up and goes right to the crowd to flex. I mean, Teddy, you are right, my man. You are one of them ones. You promised. You delivered. How can you not get with this guy? How do you not love this guy? How do you not love this tournament? And the best thing is we get to run it all back right now. Get ready for your bracket alerts. Craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Old Trapper is a family-owned business. They take their smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Like, who wants dried, tough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors, old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you do not see it, clones, be sure to ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Wally Zerbiak is my guest. Wally, it's great to have you back. How are you? What's up? How you doing? Long time, man. You're my doing man. great. Miss you, brother. Yeah, you too, dude. So much. It's so good to hear your voice. Well, listen, it seems pretty self-evident, but I really do have to ask you. You've played in that tournament. You have covered that tournament. You played in the NBA. You've covered the NBA. What is it about this event that makes it so unique, so special, and so awesome for everybody? Well, I think it's uh, what happened yesterday with uh, Kentucky losing. I mean, that's what's so special about the NCAA tournament. Anything can happen. It's one game. It's 40 minutes. You got a bunch of kids that are just uh, playing their most memorable games of their lives. And, you know, coming from a mid-major, I, you know, I know it's tough to see a team like Kentucky bus brackets. I had them in the national championship game, but I love seeing it because, you know, kids all around the country that are mid-majors work so hard to get that opportunity to get into the NCAA tournament and play a team like Kentucky that they've been watching all their lives growing up, you know, idolizing, you know, that program. And to pull off a victory like that, there's nothing like it. It's pretty cool. Wally Zerbiak joining us. There's nothing better. Like, I was really struck by the fact that it seemed like every single player from St. Peter's didn't just hope that they were going to win. They actually believed that they were going to win. How do you explain that? And then what's that say about their coach, Shaheen Holloway, and the way he got them ready? That's what it's all about. Uh, you step on that floor and you have to have that belief um, that you belong. And I give you know these kids a lot of credit, and we're seeing that all over college basketball. And I think one of the main reasons why is the transfer portal and the experience that a lot of teams can have on their team. And, you know, coaching is a premium right now in college basketball. You have to figure out how to navigate that portal. You have to figure out to replace, you know, guys when they graduate and, you know, go on to, you know, jobs or go on to the NBA. You got to replace holes on your team. I thought Bill Self had great insight 
on what the transfer portal is used for with different teams. And, you know, these young, these mid-major teams, they have guys that aren't leaving. A lot of those St. Peter's guys weren't transfers. They've been recruited to the program. So they've really, you know, grown up through Shaheen Holloway as a coach, and he's molded that team to be ready for this moment. Obviously, they had to play a perfect game. They shot the ball really well from three. They knocked down all their free throws. They executed absolutely flawlessly. You know, Oscar Shibway was a big advantage. He had 30 and 16, but all the other guys in Kentucky, they got tight down the stretch of that game. They had an eight-point lead, and St. Peter's saw it. They saw it in their eyes. They played scared. They seized the moment, and they stole that game and uh, pulled off one of the most shocking upsets in the history of the NCAA tournament. I think you nailed that. I think that's exactly what happened, especially at the end of the game. You could see that fear, right? They just I, – I, I, I made this mistake once – it wasn't a mistake, Wally. I once said about Cal when he was in Memphis, they choked away a game, and he took great offense. It actually affected our relationship for a while, and then we were good. But I'm kind of with you. I saw fear in them at the end of that game when they could not make their throws and they couldn't make their plays. You could see that fear. I agree with you. Let me ask you about Teddy Allen. Now, he broke out in a huge way against UConn with 37 points. I wasn't just impressed Wally with the 37. It was the fact that he started the game 0 for 6, and he still had that kind of game. What's it say about him as a scorer and the confidence that he has that he had that game after the way he started that game? Well, it says a lot about his coach and his teammates because they trust him. And, you know, I've, I've always been in the belief that when you're the guy on a team and you, st- you struggle at the beginning of the game, that doesn't matter because – you know that as a scorer and as a top-notch player that you can reel off 10 straight at any moment. So it's a credit to that team and those uh, and his teammates to realize this is our guy. You know, he's going through a tough stretch to start the game. Let's let him get into rhythm. And Pedro uh, ended up dropping 37 in the biggest game of his life. Uh, on, the, on the contrary, UConn, you know, that team, I had them in the Final Four last year. They lost in the first round. They had a pro in book night. Um, who didn't play well. They had, this, they had pretty much the same roster returning. Uh, Danny Hurley has a lot of questions to answer because that's two first-round exits. That team is tremendous defensively and on the boards. They have length at every position. They can switch screens all over the place. They're great defensively, but offensively, they just do not deliver in the clutch. And it was another one of those moments where down the stretch, you you got to ask a lot of questions about their execution down the stretch of that ball game. and Teddy Allen just took over. We're talking to Wally Zerbiak. So, Wally, you posted your bracket on Instagram, and you've got Gonzaga going to the Final Four. You, again, have been here before. So was there any part of you that was sweating it when they got off to a slow start yesterday? What were you thinking when you saw that? I'm a little worried about Gonzaga. Um, I picked them to win the national championship last year. You know, I observe players. Like, the way I pick my bracket is based on individual players and thinking about matchups. You know, having been a player, that's where my eye goes. I thought they were the most talented team in the country. Baylor completely blew them off the floor. So then they come back this year with a similar roster, added some big-time freshmen, Chet Holmgren, uh, Strother, um, and company. So, you know, I watched them play. That St. Mary's game really opened my eyes. I was going to give them one more shot to get to the Final Four. I think they're ripe to be clipped early. Um, Chet Holmgren's the key. Like, that guy is the most special player in college basketball. It looks like he's growing. Every time I watch him (laughs) play week to week, it looks like he's growing. It's unbelievable how big he is, how skilled he is. He's so much fun to watch. Reminds me of of, of a better Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, that kid is just I think going to be a great pro. And the way he played yesterday with 17-17, seven blocks, five assists, I mean, just an incredible game uh, on par with what Anthony Davis did in the NCAA tournament. He's going to take them as far as they're going to go. I have them in the uh, Final Four. I had Kentucky beating them because I just thought Kentucky could bang them around and had a little more experience. But uh, that's just a fun team to watch. And I love Mark Few, the jobs he's been doing. So I would love to see him cut down the nets and win a national championship. Wally Zerbiak on point, as always. Let me ask you about Akron. They represented your old conference, the MAC, well in that game against UCLA. They gave the Bruins all they could handle last night. How do you see UCLA doing in the tourney? I love UCLA. I really do. Um, you know, they got punched in the mouth and they responded. That's a really hard-nosed bunch. Um, you know, the way they played last year, going first four to the final four, almost in the national championship game, Suggs hit that game winner. I'm a believer in uh, UCLA, and they're just an example of uh, there are good teams in this NCAA tournament. I mean, I remember the MAC conference. You know, we were good back in the day. I mean, we were turning out pros. We were turning out two, three teams every single year uh, in the NCAA tournament. Teams were winning. 
remember right around me when I made the when our team, you know, Miami made the Sweet 16, Kent State was making Elite Eights. I mean, they were really good. So uh, that team is is legit. That league is legit, and they pushed UConn all the way to the brink, and it took uh, I mean UCLA all the way to the brink, and it took a 15-4 run to close the game by UCLA with a bunch of veteran guys that made the Final Four last year to pull off that win. So. Uh, good, good job all around. Um, proud of the Mac and uh, Coach Gross, the way he represented our conference, and uh, proud of UCLA, the way they stepped up in crunch time. Wally Zerbiak joining me for a few more moments. Also, Wally, in your bracket, you've got Arizona winning it all. What is it about this Arizona team that you like so much? I love Tommy Lloyd's style of play. Um, you know, I, I just love fluidity on offense. I love allowing your team to play free and easy. I love pushing the ball because as a player that allows you to get into rhythm, it's it's not only fun to play, it's fun to watch as a fan. Um, that team is the most talented team, I think, top to bottom in the country. Tommy Lloyd has brought a fresh, new kind of outlook on college basketball coming as the head assistant from Gonzaga. I think he's done a tremendous job. So I just think, you know, he's not going to be bogged down by a lot of the stresses and pressures that a lot of the other coaches have gone through in college basketball in this tournament. He's, I just think he's going to step in there. His guys are going to step up, and, uh, you know, they're going to roll to the, to the title. I'm awed by the job that he's done. So one last thought. If you were giving advice to teams that pulled off upsets yesterday, what is the key to collecting your emotions, bouncing back, and making sure you're ready for the next round and that you are grounded? That's a good point. And I can go back to my experience. You know, we beat Washington in the first round. Then we had to beat uh, Utah in the second round with Andre Miller, Hanno Matala. They were defending runner-ups in the national championship game the year before. Uh, you know, I just think, you know, obviously you got to get back to work the following day. And you got to just believe. That's the biggest thing. And, you know, the rackets are busted. So, you know, when you beat a two-seed and you're a 15, you're going to be playing, you know, a 7-10 game. So, you know, you have the opportunity to beat a team that maybe isn't on par with the team you just beat. So you just got to believe that you're, you're, you're there. Obviously, I think the next team is going to have their eyes wide open and they're going to be ready for you. But just go out there and continue the run and play free and clear and, and trust your coach. You know, that's what it's all about. He's now a college basketball analyst, of course, for CBS. You want to make sure you check out Wally and watch the NCAA men's tournament across CBS, TBS, TNT, True TV. And he will be on CBS Sports Network as well, breaking down the tournament the entire month. Wally, great to get caught up. Really appreciate you. Great to have you back on the show. That was fun. I know. It's going to be a blast. And I'll be on with Chuck, Kenny, and Clark and the boys tomorrow and Sunday on CBS from 12 to 6. You know, can't doing wait to see that. Stuff, so I can't wait to hang with those guys. I am pumped to announce that Manscaped has launched their ultra premium collection. I'm talking about a leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. So join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code Rome. You can now enhance your perfect grooming routine with their ultra premium collection. This package includes Manscaped premium deodorant, it dries clear, it's aluminum free, and it smells like their signature scent. Plus, their hydrating body moisturizer. It's designed to keep skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. And body wash with their infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. Two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp with one easy step. And a free gift. A three-pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. I'm telling you, this package is incredible. Get that ultra-premium collection Hot right off the shelves. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Rome at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Rome at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. Today, instead, we're going to discuss how I am living. Not good. Below not good. Came out of the gates raging yesterday ahead. I got down 16 different ways i started the tournament by getting down 16 different ways on day one i ended up going six and ten punched in the mouth blasted in the package so yes i am licking my wounds to a certain extent right now that's me how about you head how did you do how are you living 
I'm living better than Iowa and Kentucky fan, that's for sure, Jim, but extremely average overall. I'm about 8-8, eight eight, man. 8-8. Eight eight. I'll take 8-8. Eight 8-8 eight. Eight eight sounds pretty smart compared to 6-10. and ten. So, yes, I got my ass kicked. You were average. I don't care. Back on the bleeping path. Yes. Back on the path. Looking for an enormous bounce back today. Are you ready to run it back and do it again? Hell freaking yes. Let's needle up here. Let's do this. Let's do this right off the top. All right, so we're in a situation of where I'm always like, where where are one of my guys going? There's a couple of guys that I simply cannot bet against. I, I keep going over this over and over again. We have to be disciplined, but there are guys that I cannot go against. I cannot go against Eric Musselman. I cannot go against Chris Beard. Two dudes I really consider good friends in the business. If I bet... It's because I've got a personal connection to them, but I've got to get that out of my system. First things first. That said, I'm trying to be very objective. What's the first game you're looking at, Head? Who you got? What's the number? I'm looking at Virginia Tech and Texas, Jim. Um, I love Chris Beard myself, but not big on loyalty when it comes to my money. So I'm taking the one and a half I'm getting. And I'm going with the hottest team in America right now in the Hokies. Mike Young's team has hit stride and dominated their way to the ACC title. They beat the Tar Heels by 13 in the semis. They beat Duke by 15 in the championship. Of course, your guy Chris has one of the best defenses in the country, but I just don't think they can keep pace with this Virginia Tech offense. The Hokies are playing the most efficient offense in the country coming into the tournament. They rank third on the season in three-point shooting. Texas also has some really bad numbers against the spread lately. They are 0-4 in their last four games as a favorite and 0-6 in their last six games against the spread overall. Let's take the Hokies plus one and a half. See, the, the amazing thing about that is every single point that you just made is a valid point. Every single point you just made is a really good point. I'm hearing it. I get it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still betting against Virginia Tech. I'm going with my guy, Chris Beard. It's like I have no choice. My bet against would be a non-bet, and there's no way that I'm not going to take my dude. I will take Texas and Chris Beard. I'll tell you something else. I know I should bet teams and matchups, but not coaches. But sometimes in horse racing, you bet the jock and not the horse, right? Right. Yep. You know this. You know how that goes. That's right. Which brings – thank you. Well done, Alvy. Stewart. Which brings me to another guy and another one of those matchups. Davidson v. Michigan State. Almost a coin flip, but I'm a huge, huge Tom Izzo guy. And my dude is at his very best at this time of year. He knows how to get his teams ready for the tournament. He knows what it takes to win and advance. I'm taking Michigan State here. I'm taking the Spartans. Mm -hmm. What is the number? How are you playing it? The line is Michigan State minus one. Interesting story here. Former Spartans guard Foster Lawyer left the program to get more run at Davidson. He has. He's their leading scorer right now, and they meet today, obviously, for this game. Izzo loves the kid and says he knows every single thing possible about the Spartans. I like that, and I like Davidson's ability to play efficient offense just like Virginia Tech does, Jim. They are top 10 nationally effective field goal percentage and can match the Spartans from deep, hitting on over 38% of their threes this season. They also do a good job on the uh, defensive glass, which is needed against these Big Ten teams. Let's go Steph Curry's Wildcats pouring, uh, pouring it in from Zone three, Ray. Zone three. And take, yes, yeah, zone, zone three, three. right, ah. and take that point. <laughs> All right, so you and I have gone against each other on the first two games. Oh, damn. Here we go again. <laughs> what am I talking about when I say that I'm going to treat this exclusively as a business and detach and take any personal <laughs> or emotional feeling out of this? I'm talking about Colgate v. Wisconsin. Okay. No, what am I kidding? My son and my money go to Wisconsin. I own a home in Wisconsin. You think I'm going to bet against the Badgers? The hell I am. I'm taking the Badgers. I'm going to lay the points. How the hell could I show up in Eagle River this summer if I didn't do that? Who you got? What's the number? Yeah, so the line opened at Badgers minus nine and has moved down to minus seven and a half. Uh-oh. I had a tough time. Yes, coming down Uh-oh. here. I had a tough time with this one because of the way Colgate has played of late. At one time, they were four and ten, and they were eight and eleven as of January twenty eighth. But they've won fifteen straight games. They have five guys who have averaged over uh, double figures and points, and they uh, are second in the country in three-point accuracy. They've hit on 53% of their uh, threes the past three games coming into this tournament. That's the best in the country. Wisconsin also, Jim, 
291st in three-point shooting. The Badgers are also 1-8 against the spread in their last nine game as a favorite. Mm. But I'm saying Colgate has gotten fat on a week's uh, schedule. And with the Badgers having Johnny Davis and this game being played only 80 miles away, down the road from Moo 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 Madison, I'm going uh, with the favorite here. Let's go Badgers and lay the nine or seven and a half. Moo Madison, I like it. All right, so we're on the same page on that one. Yet here we go again. Business and detachment right out the window. How the hell do I go against my dude Kelvin Sampson? You know I have to lay the points and take them against a good, good UAB yes. team. I can't bring myself to bet against Kelvin Sampson. It is insane. But once again, I will bet the coach and not the team of the matchup. I'm going to take Houston, lay the points. How are you playing that one? Yeah, so the number is Kelvin and Houston minus eight and a half. I'm with you here, though. I love UAB as well, and their offense led by Jordan Walker. I just don't think it's enough points to beat the slow-paced Cougars. I'll take Houston and lay the eight and a half. Kelvin's getting better. This might be his best coaching job ever, Jim. He lost his two best players uh, with season-ending injuries early in the year and still finished 29-5 and and atop the AAC and typical Kelvin ball, efficient as hell. Ken Palm has them rated as the 10th best offense and the 11th best defense in the country. I think Kelvin has something special planned for Walker today. Let's lay the eight and a half and take the Cougars. I'm with you. All right, so you and I are back on the same page. What about this matchup? TCU, Seton Hall. Now, this is one mm -hmm. game that I can look at objectively and detach completely personally. However, tough game. Tough game to call. I could argue either side, I think, just as well. So I might just flip a coin and see how it comes up. Who do you have on that game? What's the number? So it's a pick em right here. So both teams are extremely similar. Or they play good defense and aren't good shooters from deep at all. But despite Seton Hall winning eight of their past ten and TCO losing, uh, TCU losing six of their TCO. last ten advanced TCO, TCU, Ad, uh, advanced analytics actually like the Horn Frogs playing better, and I actually agree with them here. I'll take TCU. In those 10 games, they've beaten Kansas by 10, and they barely lost to the Jayhawks at Kansas. They also beat Texas and Texas Tech in those 10 games. Jamie Dixon has exceeded expectations with this team. They could hammer the offensive glass. That's the key here. They've grabbed over 38% of their own misses this season, and Seton Hall ranks 207th in defensive rebounding percentage. Let's go with Jamie Dixon and the Horn Frogs in a pick. Dude, you know what Jamie Dixon used to be an assistant coach, right? Way, 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 way back in the day. Hell yes. Gauchos. Yep. Ben of course Hallen I'm going here. with TCU. Of course right. I'm going to take Jamie Dixon all damn day. Give it to me, head. Run it back, top to bottom. Who do you have today? Virginia Tech plus one and a half over Texas. Houston minus eight and a half v UAB. Davidson plus three over Sparty. Moo, 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 moo. Wisconsin and Madison minus seven and a half over Colgate. And TCU in a pick over Seton Hall. All right, nice job. Let's hope we do better today than we Hell did yesterday. Yes. Do me a favor. Go ahead and put that up on Twitter so I can retweet it. Nice. Do nice it. job, Head. Well done. Back to back. Way to go. He worked two days this week. Listen, the very best athletes know that your championship body is not built in a day. The same is true when it comes to your long-term financial goals. Get financially fit with M1, the finance super app. It's commission-free, and it makes growing your money easier so you can strategize for the end game. Build a custom portfolio or choose a pre-built portfolio that speaks to your goals. Then, automate your everyday money moves and use your extra time to watch the highlights. They even make it easy to stick to your investing strategy by automatically rebalancing your investments every time you buy into your portfolio. That keeps your investments close to where you want them. That way your portfolio sticks to the plan for the long game. There are no huddle-ups needed. Visit m1finance.com sports. That's M with the number one. Sign up and see why Money, Investopedia, and Yahoo Finance are proud super fans of M1. That's M, the number one, dot com slash sports. Investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. M1 Finance, LLC, member F-I-N-R-A, S-I-P-C. I mean, you know who does not give a bleep about the sports calendar? The NFL. I mean, you think March is supposed to belong to March Madness, right? The hell it does. 
because the shield is coming with heat every single day. And yesterday was no exception. Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders. Let me repeat that because even though it's been a number of hours since that deal went down, I'm still having a really tough time getting my head around it. Like when that thing hit yesterday, I was like, wait, what? Devontae Adams to the Raiders. Aaron Rodgers announced that he was coming back. He signed that deal. Before the ink was even dry, his favorite receiver, arguably his favorite receiver ever, is out the door. What? I mean, there is so much to unpack there. There is the fact that it looked like the Packers were getting the band back together only to break them up a couple of days later. So it turns out last year's last dance really was the last dance. They signed Aaron Rodgers to come back for at least one more year, and then they signed or they send Adams to the Raiders for their first and their second, numbers 22 and 53 overall. So the hell is going on? Like, how does any of that make sense? I know that Devontae is 29, but are the 22nd and 53rd picks enough to make that worthwhile? Is 22 and 53 worthwhile enough to break up 12 and 17? And is it just me or is there kind of a pattern here with the Packers not being able to get it quite right with their stars? They messed around with Rodgers. They traded up. They blew that first round pick on Jordan Love. Then they spent the last two years locked in a feud with Rodgers. And then just as they finally make that right, and they get right, they trade away his favorite receiver. So whose idea was that? Who wanted that? How did that go down? I would say this. There's no way that Rodgers did not know that was happening, right? No way he signed that contract without knowing that something like that was going to happen or could happen. There's no way he signed that massive contract to come back and did not know that the team was going to get rid of Adams when they had the chance, right? There's no way he got blindsided by that. No way. There's no chance. There's no way they waited for him to sign that deal and then sprung that on him, right? That's right. World War III. There's no way. He'd have to know what they were thinking, just as he would have to know what his teammate and dude was thinking before he made that move. And if Aaron didn't know any of that, then that's on Aaron. But if he did know, why did he come back? Didn't he say that he did not want to be a part of a rebuild? So what happened? Because I thought that he was coming back for another ring. But that's not necessarily the case if you're trading away your best receiver, right? Let's get into these numbers really quickly. That's 169 targets in the regular season that just walked right out the door. 10 targets every game. Nearly a third of the passes that Rodgers threw last year went to Adams. And now all of that is gone. How many times have you heard Rodgers or Adams or any Packer player or cornerbacks around the league come on this show and talk about the chemistry that 12 and 17 had and how unstoppable it was? And now that's gone. All that's gone. Like, I hate to say it, but it sure seems like Green Bay keeps assembling a roster that is just good enough to be just good enough. Good enough to win the worst division in football. And that's about it. So if you're serious about a Super Bowl this year, you're not going to trade the best receiver in the game to anybody at any cost, much less not for the 22nd and 53rd picks overall. If they could not get to a Super Bowl with Adams, how are they going to get there, let alone win it, without Adams? Now, the Packers would tell you they offered him as much or more than the Raiders. And if, in fact, that's the case, that's not the great explanation or excuse that they think it is. That's not an endorsement. We tried to pay him more money, but he still wanted out. Why is that? If he's playing with the quarterback of a lifetime and he loves it there and you're offering him as much or more, why the hell would he bounce if, in fact, you did make him that offer? Why? Because he got sick of you or he got sick of it 
or he's not happy there. Either way, you did not keep one of the best players you ever had. And if you offered him the same or more and he still wanted to leave, why is that? What's going on? How did you alienate another great player? Unless maybe you're not telling the truth and you didn't make him that offer. And by the way, not a great endorsement of Jordan Love either, right? Did he see Love in practice and realize, hey, you know what? This might be the guy I've got a ball with in a couple of years. Yeah, no. Not a great look to say that we try to pay him more, but he left to take less, if that's what that is. And then this whole thing about, yeah, well, maybe it's his lifelong dream to be a Raider. Yeah, well, then maybe it's on you to make sure that's not his dream or change that dream. It's just not good enough to throw up your hands and say, yeah, well, we got two picks. Yeah, the 22nd and 53rd pick. F them picks. F them picks is right, especially when them picks are 22 and 53. It's not like you just got three high number ones for this guy. You got the 22nd pick and 53rd pick. The hell are you going to do with those picks? How does that make you closer to the Super Bowl than you were yesterday? I mean, hell, forget getting to the Super Bowl. Has anybody checked in on that receiver's room of late? They don't just need playmakers. They need bodies, warm bodies. Randall Cobb is still there, but he's about to turn 32. He had less than 40 targets last year. MVS is a free agent. ESP is gone. The rest of the market is drying up. Yeah, maybe you try and sign Odell this time around and make up for the fact that you didn't get him last year, but he is coming off a knee injury, right? What good does that do now? There are a few other receivers out there, but they're mostly guys who were better five years ago than they are right now. What I'm saying is, who is Aaron Rodgers going to throw to? He came back to throw to Rico Gafford? Yeah, but all hope is not lost, Packer fans, because there is this tweet from Diana Rossini. Quote, I'm told once the Adams trade becomes official, Green Bay is expected to sign Russell Douglas, per source. All right. I like him. You got that going for you, which is nice, I guess. Nice, 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 nice acquisition. All right, so that, that's Green Bay. Figure out exactly how that went down and what's going on there. What about the Raiders side of things? The AFC West side of things? I know everybody's saying that it's now an arms race, but that cliche is no longer good enough to describe what's going on in that division. This is so much bigger than an arms race. This is a space race because everybody is taking moonshots. Look at the players who have been on the move in the last two weeks and then look where they ended up. The best quarterback, AFC West. The best receiver, AFC West. The best corner, AFC West. A slew of pass rushers, AFC West. The only team that has not made a huge move in that division is the one with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes? The NFL is now the AFC West and everybody else. The AFC West and seven other divisions that don't mean jack. Might be time for Roger Goodell to announce that all four AFC West teams make the playoffs and then everybody else is competing for the remaining spots. Alvi, if we're going to talk about this team, we have to talk about this team with the proper respect. Can I get the proper tune? Because I need to make this very clear. And there's no way for me to make it clear without having that underneath me. The Raiders are no joke at all. They might have one of the best set of weapons in the NFL. Yes, I said it. One of the best sets in the game. Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and another thing, Josh Jacobs. You could win a division with that crew, even that division, Wait for it. You could win a ring with that crew. And they've got a new head coach. And they've got a ton of juice. And when Adams gets to Vegas, he's going to find his college quarterback and a fat, 
fat, fat, fat stack fat, of cash fat. waiting for him. He reportedly agreed to a five-year deal worth 28.5 mil per, 67.5 of it guaranteed. Don't get me wrong. You know I love Wisconsin. But if you're going to turn 30 this year, and this is your last shot at a big contract, you can do a hell of a lot worse than making Crazy Jack on the strip with your college buddy. An incredible move for the Raiders and a really bizarre one for the Packers. Speaking of Raider Mike, this guy's got to be so jacked. I bet he has not slept a single wink since the Adams news. And no offense to Nelson Aguilar and Brian Edwards, but combined, these guys can't do what Adams has done. Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Antonio Freeman, hell, Sterling Sharp, Jordy. Greg Jennings. Robert Brooks. The Packers need help badly. And we need help. They need help. Hey, Devontae, congrats on the new contract. You earned it, my man. My best advice for you, though. This is really important, Devontae. When you get into town, my best advice for you, one single word, three small letters, Devontae, T-I-P, T-I-P. That's not an acronym. That's a word. Tip. Tip. What good is generational money if you get hit as a generational cheapskate? Don't be that guy. Apparently, the Raiders have a few of those guys. And it's not going over well on the strip. Especially when everybody on the strip is working for tips. And you're some of the richest people on the strip. Don't get hit with that rep. Let my guy Ernesto in the ABQ a restaurant owner, and a loyal clone explained to you exactly what TIP, TIP, stands for. Jim, yesterday you were talking about the Oakland or the Las Vegas Raiders on the Strip. You know, I was shocked to hear that story. I, we, My brothers have been in the restaurant business here in Albuquerque for 30 years, and TIP says T-I-P-S, to ensure proper service. Uh... Okay. Thank you, Ernesto. I think that that, what you're talking about, would be TEPS. T-E-P-S. To ensure proper service. To ensure proper service. All together now. TEPS. Don't be a bad temper. To ensure proper service. They count on your TEPS. To ensure proper to service. T E P S. Don't be a bad tepper. My man, it's a good thing you are such a good restaurateur because you'd be a crappy grade school principal. But you do know what it means, though, so I'll give you that. What I'm talking about here is this at Vital Vegas. Absolutely lit. All right, that's a really bad analogy. I'm going to retract that. I don't want to talk about people getting lit on fire. That's terrible. Anyway, anyway what's popping, Twitter? Vital Vegas tweeted, quote, this is Vital Vegas exposing some of the Raiders for being horrible, quote, teppers. Quote, reminder, bad behavior by Raiders players, coaches, and family members won't be tolerated in Las Vegas. Multiple reports of rudeness and poor or zero tipping. We will name names and flog asses if this horse bleepery continues. You play sports. You're not royalty. One of the greatest tweets ever. Ever. Notice they're not saying... Man, we are so grateful you're here. We are so grateful the NFL has come to Las Vegas. We could not be more honored and blessed and privileged to have the Raiders in our town. Hell no. 
quote, bad behavior by Raiders players, coaches, and family members won't be tolerated in Las Vegas. We will name names and flog asses if this horse bleepery continues. You play sports. You're not royalty. Got that, a-holes? I love these guys. Vital Vegas. That was such a great tweet. Hey, you understand that? T-E-P-S. Tips ensure to proper ensure service? Pro to ensure proper to. service. To ensure proper service. To Taps. ensure proper service. Anyway, Devontae, you earned it. You earned every last cent. Just be sure you chip off those who serve you in Las Vegas. Don't be a bad tepper. To ensure proper service. Ernesto, I got it. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? All right, so for a moment yesterday, it seemed like the biggest NFL news was going to be Baker Mayfield's situation in Cleveland. A situation that went from bad to worse to dumpster fire in a matter of days. From the team visiting with Deshaun Watson after his deposition to Baker's social media posts to the team whiffing on Watson and then saying they want to keep Baker and then all of that going down in a matter of roughly 48 hours. And then came the chaser yesterday, Baker making a trade request. Now, on the one hand, that's not news. On the one hand, that's not something that went down yesterday, if you ask me. That social media post that came prior to was the actual trade request. That was not him thanking the city of Cleveland. That was not him saying, hey, I love you all very much. That was him saying, get me the hell out of here. I want the hell out of Cleveland, but I don't want people to think that that's what I'm saying. That was abundantly clear. The trade request slash demand came in the form of the social media request when he told everybody how much he appreciated the ones who had his back. But then, in case there was any doubt, it became official when Adam Schefter tweeted, quote, Baker Mayfield just told ESPN, it's in the mutual interest of both sides for us to move on. The relationship is too far gone to mend. It's in the best interest of both sides to move on. End of tweet. Of course, it's always interesting when one side says what's in the best interest of both sides. Generally, when that's the case, that's not the case. See, this is where it gets pretty fun. Because Cleveland is not going to honor that trade request. At least they're saying they're not right now. No, they're going to act like it didn't happen. And then if they do acknowledge it, they're going to say, yeah, we heard you. We just don't give a damn. The answer is no. They're going to hit every question about Baker Mayfield and a trade request with both teams played hard. Both teams played hard. Both teams played hard. Of course they're not going to honor the trade request. Why? Why would they? For who? For what? They need a quarterback. They still have a good team. They wanted Watson, but now they need Mayfield. They may have even wanted Rodgers. They may have even wanted Russ Wilson. They may have even wanted Deshaun Watson, clearly. But they didn't get any of those guys. So now they need Baker Mayfield. You know, just like they needed him last year 
when they kept running him out there when he had a busted up shoulder and an offense that was grinding to a halt because they needed him. The Browns quarterback made a trade request and the Browns are going to ignore it as they can and as they should, right? Because they don't have a better alternative. They tried to find one. They failed. So no, they don't care what he thinks. Obviously, or they wouldn't have done that in the first place. But that doesn't mean it's over. You know, I've said it before. I'll say it again right now. The Browns have a situation. They have a quarterback that they don't really want and a quarterback who doesn't really want them, and now they're stuck with each other. This is not a marriage of convenience. This is a marriage of no other options. Russell Wilson was not coming. Neither was Aaron Rodgers, nor is Kirk Cousins, or the guy with 22 civil lawsuits. And is Jimmy Garoppolo really an upgrade? So they've got to go with Mayfield. And unfortunately for Baker, he has to go with them because he's got no leverage at all. He's got no hammer. He's got no leverage to force them to trade him. If they could trade him and get something of value, then he might be able to force a trade. But it doesn't look like he's going to bring much in the way of value. So they're both stuck with each other. What I'm saying is they've all crapped the bed. And now they have to lie in that bed of crap. And again, how did this get so crappy so quickly? And why? It didn't have to be that way. 14 months ago, just 14 months ago, they were knocking on the door of the AFC Championship game. And now look where they are. And lots of blame to go around. Baker could have played better. That's the first and most specific example. Play better, and they're not looking for a new guy. He'd probably say it was hard to play better last year with a busted labrum. And that he tried to gut it out and try to do it for the team. And he's got a point there. He could have held back on that post, but then again, there's no way he was going to do that, right? You know, if your argument is, all right, so this is not going well, there's a better way to handle it, you don't rush to your phone. All right, fine. But who are we talking about? We're talking about Baker Mayfield, the guy with the ultimate chip on his shoulder, the guy who's been doubted every single stop he's ever been. This is how this guy's wired. That's the kind of fire, the kind of juice, the chip on his shoulder that brought him to Cleveland in the first place, that made him the first pick overall. That's who that guy is. So let's not act like that wasn't going to happen. And let's not act like he's the only guy on the planet that would do something like that. There are other players better than him, worse than him, that have had similar reactions when their teams did that to them. Listen, I'm not saying this guy's a saint. I'm not even saying this guy is a franchise quarterback. He might not even be one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league. But I'll tell you what, folks are getting awfully worked up about that social media post. You know, it's, it's immature. It's unprofessional. He's the biggest baby ever. He's whining. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But you're making it sound like it's 100 times worse than the guy who is being sued for various versions of sexual harassment and sexual assault by 22 different people. A lot of you are making his post seem 22 times worse than that. You tell me what's worse. Actively trying to hire a guy who's been accused of sexual assault or a guy who's posting letters on social media. You know, the way people have treated this whole situation, you would think that Baker Mayfield was the guy who'd be facing a grand jury and 22 civil lawsuits and not the guy who actually faced a grand jury and 22 civil lawsuits. Which brings me to my next point. The Browns could have done a better job of keeping their interest in Watson secret. Once they decided that they were going to go all in on the defendant, They needed to handle things better with their current quarterback. I don't know. Maybe you're a little more stealth. Maybe you keep it under wraps. Maybe you keep it quiet. Maybe you only let it out once you actually land the guy. Instead of making sure everybody knows you're trying to get the guy. 
And they sure as hell didn't have to leak that piece of info about Mayfield not being the adult. Like, that's an unforced error that Baker is not going to forget anytime soon. Knowing Mayfield the way we know Mayfield, there's no way he's going to forget that. This is what he means, I think, in part when he says, you can't fix this. You can't mend this. He knows that somebody in the organization leaked that story out there, wanted that story out there that he's not the adult. So now you've got a quarterback who's really pissed off the organization and an organization who's pissed off at the quarterback and everybody hates everybody and everybody thinks that everybody else should be better than they've been, right? Good luck with that. Good luck fixing that because you're all going to need it. How did that thing go that sideways that fast? 14 months ago, you were this close to the AFC title game. And now 14 months later, you are all lying in and have to sleep in a bed of diarrhea. Welcome to the jungle. What's going on? An absolutely beautiful Monday to you. Well, well, well. Come to find out, Tom Brady is not retired after all. In an utterly shocking development, Tom Brady took to social yesterday to inform the world that he would, in fact, return for another season with the Bucks. I'm not going to say I told you so, but I told you so. Yeah! I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. Easy, Walt Whitman. We don't need your eighth grade poetry here, brah. It's like Tom Brady is throwing on a shirt that says, F them kids. Charles Robinson. Tom just spent six weeks uh, in the pickup line at his kid's school and said, I'm not going out like this. We <laughs> coming at you. John Rothstein joining us. Jim, you have a guy who can single-handedly block a shot and then go coast to coast like butter and toast. Shout out to woman Al Pacino circa early 1990. A lot of people did not want to hear that take from me. So do you want to rethink your take? No, I like Philadelphia. I'm not going to be rooting for the Flyers. Philadelphia can be a fun place even if they're a sports fan. They have a fetish for hating. You know, if it was a fit, we'd all be drunk. Show me your lightning bolt. You think me and Brandon are afraid of Russ? Aaron Donald broke your finger. Mac will break your back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ Jackson. Andy Kennedy. Why would you get back in that grind, man? You never lose a game in TV. And I would say, well, you never win one either. I like the grind. I embrace the grind. Athletes that are on your way out the door, show some dignity and just go away. So there's this weird thing going on right now. A groundswell of clone support for Lawrence today. Here's your democratic process. My bleeping show. I do whatever the hell I want. John in Little Rock. Larry just got sugar raised. Robert Jones is my guest. For a guy like Mayweather, and, and the same thing I tell my Spartans is that no matter if we win pretty or we win ugly, we need to win. You're either on this train or you're not. Certainly, Duke is Duke, and he holds grudges longer. Leave it to Piva. Reruns. My man had been sitting on that tweet for three years. Certainly, Duke is Duke. Baker should have known that, because now he'll see train wreck gifts in his mentions. More than leave it to Piva. Reruns. I was feeling pretty dangerous. We're sorry, Baker. Ooh, we are for real. Ah! John Gross. You do a great job. I always great respect for how much homework you do. It's pretty evident when I watch and hear you. Keep doing what you're doing. If you didn't know anything about college hoops and I asked you, what is Kofi Cockburn? Would you guess that it's the alias Mike and Indy uses at the free clinic every time he catches the clap? I'll hang up and take your answer off. Ah! You can beef about anything at all. Email. I have to pick up my dog's messes <laughs> and put them in a saw a hand, a hat, a shoe, a coin purse. Or lady clothes. Tell me you don't put dog poop in those things. You put yourself in those things. Come on. Come on. I got a beef with chicks. They got to look back at you to see if you're going to stare at their hiney after you pass them up. Hey, Jim Rome. Hey, John in the ABX. Hey, no, ABQ, ABQ. My bad. Ah. Yeah, man, I got a beef with the Bassmasters tournament. There ain't no women in there. You know, they call us anglers. We need some vajanglers in there. You know what I mean? Ah. No, no. Jimmy, I don't know what you mean. Happy St. Patrick's Day, baby! And your dog is 
smashing shepherd's pie in a to-go container. You look down at your I wish you were naked t-shirt and it's all crusted up in hours old green vomit. Handle your business responsibly and I will do the same. Danny Sprinkled. I'm doing great, Coach Rome. I appreciate it, man. I've listened to your show since I was young. And, uh, man, it's an honor to be on your show. Rossi, Rossi! We did an upgrade. Oh. We did an upgrade to try to not crash it. Because you guys are the only listeners. You're the only place that actually crashes it every time. We did it! We did it! Do I really need to say that we have a moratorium on happy endings? Long wood. Had a terrific second half shooting the ball from the field. Baylor having no... <coughs> Excuse me. Perform. No problems from North. Jumper. Yes, sir. Emailed. You have a bucket of Calipari and a bucket of ice cream. My man are the cow in our ice cream. Down the road from Moo Moo Moo, Moo Moo, Madison. I'm going uh, with the favorite here. Let's go Badgers and lay the nine or seven and a half. Moo Madison. I like it. Hey, yo, Eric. Hey, Rome. I appreciate you, my friend. Been a huge fan my whole life. Holy Rodney Harrison. My auntie had some between her legs. She's my uncle. There's a hella hot chick from the neighborhood in line next to There better be some Irish whiskey. You want to be the best version of yourself for your team. Get some rest. And I really don't give a shit. Woody's a guy that you want to have a pork chop with. That might be the KO. This is March. Good night now! Baby! Good night now!